There is something that's uh, tied into the rhythm of the year. That at this time particular, um, in particular, it causes us to pause, it causes us to slow down, to think, to reflect, con to consider. Uh, I think it was Tennyson who said that hope smiles from the threshold of the year to come, whispering that it will be happier. There's something about a time when we kind of just take time to take stock and just think ahead and, and hope for the year to come. And so um, from the threshold of the year to come, it is quite natural for us to take stock. So given that this is a time when we pause and reflect back on the old year, we think ahead uh, to the new, what, what might we do the same? As we think back to 2019, we look ahead to 2020, what are some of the things that we might want to do the same? What are some of the things that we might want to do differently? Have we spent some time thinking about our hopes and our dreams for this year? What are some of the things that we want to see happen? What are some of the things that we don't want to see happen? As we look back, as we reflect, as we think about last year, where were we this time last year? Uh, how, if at all, how have we grown? How have we changed? For those of us who are followers of Jesus, how are we, how have we become more like Jesus over this last year? How are we more like Jesus now than we were this time last year? To what extent have we been transformed with ever-increasing glory into the image of Jesus? These are good questions for us to ask, good questions for us to ask all the time, but New Year is a particularly apt and opposite time for us to do that. Every year, millions of us think through uh, making New Year's resolutions for the new year, and by now it's already the 5th of January, so they're already dead and buried, and with O'Leary in the grave. But, you know, these resolutions might include the usual suspects of losing weight or exercising more or breaking a bad habit. You know, for Christians, for followers of Jesus, hopefully it's about growing in our relationship with Jesus. But what if we resolve to start afresh? How about we set our resolve to start afresh and to think again and to set it around the thing that is our, our very plumb line, our yardstick, our guide to living well. How about our New Year's resolution centered around, yes, you guessed it, this book, the Bible, the inspired word of God, the scriptures, God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. And as is my want at this time of year, um, my job is to see how can I encourage us all to become a more biblically savvy church in a year's time than we were this time last year. What would happen if over the next 12 months, we, all of us, every single one of us, gave ourselves to not only reading the Bible, but actually applying it to our lives, trying to wrestle with and grapple with and understand what this stuff is actually all about and how does it affect and how does it impact and how does it um, affect and change our lives. What if uh, every single one of us were to start afresh with the scripture over 2020? Um, you see, in and through the scriptures, we've been given this extraordinary instrument of radical change, of radical transformation. It's uh, both on a social level and a personal level. You know, this is God's revelation to us. This is God's communication with us, God's self Revelation, with all of its challenges, with all of its difficulties, with all the bits that we don't understand, all the bits that we don't get, but when we open-heartedly receive that 
revelation, we should be expecting, it's not unreasonable not to expect change to come about. And so what I want us to do this morning is just remind us of that uh, briefly and just take a look at three or four biblical pictures that express the transforming power of God's Word. So if you've got a Bible or a Bible device, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says this, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It's able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It's literally like a surgeon's knife. God's word, the word of God penetrates the deepest part of our being. And like a surgeon's knife, that can sometimes be pretty painful. Reading, about, reading the Bible is, is more about being read than it is about reading. You see, as we read these living and active words, um, slowly but surely everything about us is laid bare and nothing is hidden from God's penetrating power. And as we read and as we read and as we read and as we read, it's like God performs open heart surgery on us. Something happens as we read, um, as we allow the living and active word to search us and know us and divide soul from spirit, joints from marrow. And as we do our part and we read the scriptures, the Spirit of God does his part and he judges the thoughts and intentions of our hearts and changes us. And as he does so, he transforms us, he changes us. And as we read the scriptures, we are changed. We are transformed with ever increasing glory into the image of Jesus. And as we change, we grow. And slowly but surely, our hearts become softer and our thoughts become pure and our deeds become kinder. And we're not entirely sure how it all came about because we don't feel like we've done very much. We just read the book, a bit of the Bible. All we know is that the more of his word that we read and study and meditate upon, the more like him we become. What about Psalm 119? Psalm 119 verse 105 says this, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. I think every single one of the 176 verses, I think it is of Psalm 119, make reference to the scriptures in some way or another. Verse 105 is no exception. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. You see, the scriptures have been given to us to guide us and to lead us, to show us that this is the way. Walk in it. Um, And there's no question that negotiating and navigating our way through the scriptures is hard work. It's not straightforward. It is not simple. There are a lot of challenging, a lot of complex, a lot of very, very difficult things within here. But it's also no secret that life is very hard. Um, So many of us, just as we review the last 12 months, we've had some wonderful times. um, But we've also gone through some really difficult times. We've also gone through hardships and challenges. We've gone through tragedy. Um, Some of us have been sick. Uh, Some of us have lost loved ones. Um, Some of us have struggled financially. Some of us have struggled with our work or with our family or we've had relationships that have broken down, you know, say nothing of the sort of political and social upheaval that we've experienced over the last 12 months. It's hard. Life is 
hard. It's a challenge. And, and truth be told, when we reflect, many of us, when we reflect on 2019, for many of us, it sort of felt like we were walking in darkness, kind of stumbling around, trying to make sense of what's going on in life, just trying to keep upright, trying not to fall flat on our faces. Well, as we heard in the run-up to Christmas, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned, and his name is Emmanuel. He is Jesus the Messiah. And this book, the Scriptures, the Bible, is one long invitation to come to Jesus. It's a light a lamp for our feet and a light for our path so that we no longer have to walk in darkness. Life will definitely still present its challenges. That's not going to change this side of heaven. The difference is having the scriptures in us and around us and on us will change us. It will transform us. Our circumstances may well not change, but what will change over time is our responses to them. And, and living and breathing and walking around and trying to make our sense and way through life and parenting and marriage and being childless and being single and being wealthy and being in wants and being healthy and being sick and struggling with your faith or struggling with your sexuality and, 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 and all the things that we struggle with, any number of challenges that we are likely to be facing in 2020 just maybe got that little bit easier. Uh, now turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. It says this, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. See, the thing about the word of God, with all of its challenges, with all of its difficulties, is that it endures. It stands forever. The word of the Lord will not pass away. Isaiah 55 says this, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud, and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. We live in a world with an abundance of words. Uh, most of them, many of them at least, are cheap and fleeting. Uh, God's word is permanently valid. It's unalterably true. And as such, we need to know it. We need to wrestle with it. We need to grapple with it. We need to dig into it. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. That's to be our kind of engagement with the scriptures. We're supposed to be talking with them and wrestling with them and grappling with them as we walk along, as we do life together, as we do our small groups together, as we walk in Richmond Park together, as we do whatever it is that we're doing together. We should be talking about the scriptures, even our, our questions and our challenges and our difficulties with some of the things. We need to have the stuff that's in here in here in us. We need to be drinking it in, eating it in, nourishing ourselves feeding our spirits. At the beginning of uh, what we just read from Isaiah 55 says this, why spend your money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. Why do we spend precious time 
time that we've already talked about and recognized that is one of our greatest commodities. We spend our precious time on things that don't satisfy. You know, the things that we choose to read, the things that we choose to watch, the things that we choose to do with our time. I was saying, give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. Um, the word of God will stand forever and uh, when all else passes away. So how, how does all of this happen? Well, um, it's not really rocket science, but um, it starts by kind of reading the book. It starts by actually reading, reading it or listening to it. Listening to it, it's okay. Uh, listening to it, reading it, just getting it in us somehow. It comes about by us choosing to spend time with God. It comes about as we go to him, as we go to him by reading his word, as we go to him by praying his word, as we go to him by meditating on the scriptures, as we go to him in worship and in reverence and in silence and in awe and seeking him, seeking out time and space with God. You see, if we're not going to God, if we're not choosing to make time and spend time with him, if we're not choosing to interrupt our preoccupation with ourselves and instead attend to the presence of the Almighty and do that in worship and do that through prayer and do that through reading the scriptures, if we're not carving out time to spend with God, to spend time on God, you know, if we're not getting our core questions answered by God, answered through the scriptures, things like um, knowing that we are loved, knowing that we are treasured, knowing that he has chosen us, that he knows us, that in him we live and move and have our being, knowing that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, knowing that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, co-heirs with Christ, and, 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 and all the other things about our identity, the truest things about our identity in him that are found and contained within this book. If we're not carving out time to spend with God, in and through the study of the word, and getting those questions answered, and many more answered uh, by God. We will find answers to those questions outside of him. We'll try to find answers to those questions in our jobs or in our relationships or in something else that won't satisfy, that won't last. Um, we'll find it in something that will produce some kind of fruit, just not the fruit that God had for us. And... Um, when we're not spending time with Jesus, suddenly everything is up for grabs. Everything gets out of kilter. You know, when I'm cranky or irritable or critical or consumed, all those things that I find myself being, that's a good time for me to take a, a check, to take a moment and ask myself, when was the last time I spent time with Jesus? When was the last time I spent time just sitting meditating on the scriptures and reading his word. Um, and I need to find myself. We should all find ourselves saying, you know what, I've been wasting my time and I haven't spent time with you and I've missed you and I need to come back to you. And I, I don't know how I kind of got here, um, but I want to just hang out. I just want to spend time with you. And the, the truth is everything in our lives, everything about who we are, our sense of identity, how we'll function, how we'll interact with one another. It all hangs on our connection and our intimacy with God. Our relationships, our effectiveness in life, all of it, it all hangs on this one thing. And in other words, as we take in and take on the word of God, we're not going to remain the same. Slowly but surely, things in our lives burn away. Um, 
things like impatience, things like anxiety, things like bitterness, things like lust, greed, jealousy, selfish ambition, all, the, the like, all those things, they all slowly but surely get burnt up as we spend time in God's presence. And sometimes, sometimes the changes are sudden and powerful. At other times, um, it's more subtle, more gradual. Uh, for me, it's like it feels like it's far too slow. But as God's word takes its full effect, we begin to see the fruit of the Spirit at work in our life. Love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and goodness and kindness and self-control. And against those things, there is no law. And so my encouragement, our encouragement to one another is to resolve to take God's word into you uh, this new year. Resolve to get the scriptures, this book, in you. Determine to get to know it. Um, choose to set aside time and to devote yourself to studying the word. And um, how does it come about? Well, first of all, as I said, it comes about by reading it. It's possibly the, the um, most obvious thing that I could possibly say, uh, but it still needs to be said, uh, sadly. Uh, man, many Christians have spent their entire Christian lives without ever having read the Bible from cover to cover, um, which sounds harsh, but it's pretty scandalous when we think about it, um, especially when we are those people who are complaining about struggling with our faith or struggling with our relationships or struggling with how to do life or, or, or whatever it is that we're complaining about struggling with, it's hard really for us to complain about something being broken when we've never read the instructions. And this is our instruction manual. So we need to be reading it. We need to read it from cover to cover, not just dipping in and dipping out and finding a nice little choice verse that we think will get us through the day. You know, we live in an age and in a time where God has graciously allowed us to possess God's self-revelation in our own language and in, in, in dozens of translations. It's in, not just in our language, it's in gazillion translations of our language. It's in every format known to, known to man. It's paper, it's electronic, it's audio, it's visual, it's every which way but loose. And it really is to our shame that many of us who've been Christians um, for years and, and regularly read other things and spend time watching other things and doing other things um, have yet to read the Bible. Um, you've got great uh, Bible reading programs online. There's things like um, the Version Bible app. You know, everyone loves uh, Nicky Gumbel's uh, Bible in a Year. One of the great things that um, I've been really, really enjoying uh, this year has been the Bible Project. I'll show you a video of theirs at the end of this time. But there's some fantastic stuff uh, out there. So um, please read the thing, okay? That's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is study it. Um, and studying, studying it goes simply beyond just reading it. When we study the scriptures, what we're doing is we're, we're reading for sort of understanding and assimilation. It's not just reading it. It's, it's trying to dig into it. And, and there are questions that every student of the Bible ought to be asking. And, and one, one helpful way to study the Bible is to use um, an aid uh, such as like books like um, Search the Scriptures. Search the Scriptures breaks the Bible up into sort of daily digestible, readable portions, uh, asks thoughtful questions that force um, us and me as a reader to sort of observe and to interpret and apply the daily portion of, of Scripture. Um, any of Tom Wright's books, there's a whole load of stuff out there that you can read commentaries alongside as you dig into and as you study and as you grapple with and wrestle with the Scriptures. Um, and then the third thing would be meditate on the Bible. Psalm 1 
uh, says this, blessed is the one who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, and sits in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord. And on this law they meditate both day and night. And they'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in season. Leaf, their leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. And you see this whole thing of his delight. Their delight is in the law of the Lord. And on this law they meditate day and night. Day and night. And, and meditation really is like chewing the cud. Um, just take a few verses at a time, maybe just one verse, maybe just a couple of words, and it's like chewing on it and chewing on it and chewing on it and chewing on it over and over and over and over again, just in the stillness and the quiet of God's presence until we've extracted every last drop of goodness from this rich source of life. Um, as you meditate, as you look at the scriptures, use your imagination, use your senses, um, make the word of God come alive to you as you read it. Imagine, imagine yourself in the scene. Imagine if you were there, what it would be like if you were present on the scene. What might you see? What might you hear? What, what might we smell? What might we taste? What might we touch? What might we experience um, if we were actually there in that moment, in that scene, in that thing that we're reading? We're listening and we're reading about Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. What would it be like to be there listening to him as he teaches um, and we're encouraged to kind of just go beyond and beneath our, our thoughts and get in touch with our feelings and emotions we read the scriptures not just with our head but with our head and our heart and with our whole selves um, great book I found really helpful in getting me to meditate on the scriptures like this is um, Larry Warner's journey with Jesus um, but there's a whole load of resources out there so um, this year, again, I try to do this each year, but let's go kind of beyond our New Year's resolutions. Let's embrace God's way of transformation by making a commitment as individuals, but as a church, to reading and to studying and to meditating on God's word. And um, let's spur one another on to love and good deeds. So let's encourage one another. Let's help each other in that process through our small groups when we meet together when we walk together when we talk together when we eat together let's choose to bring up something that we've been studying something that we've been looking at something that we didn't understand something that we like i don't know like i was reading this the other day i was struggling in my way through the old testament and i just don't understand this i don't get this this makes no sense to me it's okay Right? It's okay. Like, we want to create an environment here at South West London Vineyard where it's okay to grapple with and wrestle with the scriptures. We're not just asking you to just accept everything that you just read just like willy-nilly. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to doubt. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to not understand, to not agree. But let's bring those conversations together. Let's have them together. Let's have them openly and honestly. And let's try and help one another. Let's help learn from one another. Let's encourage one another. Let's not just do this in isolation. Let's just do this together as a church community, as a church family, as a church fellowship. Let's get into the habit of asking one another, what have you been reading this week? Like how, how, what, have you, what have you been looking at in the scripture? Like help me out. Like I don't know what to read. Just give me something that we can read. This, uh, this year, Charlie and James have been running a Bible study at the yard on a Tuesday. And it's just been absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. 
just a bunch of people from the local estate coming in, and we've been looking at, uh, last time they were looking at the Sermon on the Mount, uh, ju just a fantastic opportunity to talk about the scriptures in a way with a group of people who I think most of them had never come across the Sermon on the Mount before. And just seeing how God's word, just reading God's word week in, week out has been slowly but surely transforming them and changing them and shaping them and molding them into being and becoming more like Jesus. And if you want to kind of um, see the impact that the Word of God has on people who may not be very familiar with it. Come and join us on a Tuesday. It's, uh, it runs during Job Club. It starts about 2 o'clock, just runs for an hour. And it's fantastic. It's, uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful insight into uh, seeing how the Word of God changes people dramatically. You see it, like literally the transformation happening week, week by week. And, um, and these are people who are hungry and thirsty for the Scriptures. They love, like every week, they're like, when are we going to look at the Bible? When are we going to look at the Bible? They're eager. When's Bible study start? They start saying that like quarter past one. It's like, when does, when's Bible study start? I would kill. Like, I mean, their appetite for the scriptures puts me to shame. Like, I'm like, oh, I don't think we're going to do Bible study today. I'm like, oh, no, we need to do Bible study. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Come and join us on a Tuesday and... Um, but let's encourage one another. Let's help one another. What have you been reading this week? What bits of the Bible have blessed you? What's encouraged you? Let's be a church that, um, that talks the Scriptures. Uh, let's live and breathe and move um, the Scriptures, and let's see what the Lord does. I'm just going to show you a video. Um, I think it's going to work. But uh, while that's getting set up, one of the things that... I'm just going to change the subject slightly. One of the things that um, you, we do here is... Uh, you know, you probably noticed that sometimes during the morning an offering basket goes around and uh, we kind of ask you to put money in it and stuff like that. If you're new or visiting, you just ignore it. Um, the, what we decided a few years ago was that all the money from the offering baskets we'd give, give, on a Sunday we'd give away. So none of that money comes into us and to the work of the church. The work of the church is, is served by people's tithes and stuff like that. But the, the money that comes in on the offering basket, we give all of that away. Last term we gave it away to the Lunch Bowl Network in Nairobi. This term, we're giving it away to um, a charity uh, called 4220. And 4220 is, uh, the reason I bring it up is just because it's connected with uh, just the scriptures. 4220 are committed to making the Bible available in every language on the planet by, I think, 2033 or something. So what they're doing is they're um, resourcing and equipping um, people to translate the Bible into all these different languages and um, making it available to as many people as possible. I think I'm right in saying there are something like six and a half thousand languages the Bible has yet to be translated into. And so um, all the money that goes into the offering baskets between now and Easter will be going straight to the work of uh, 4220. All the information is on the website, or you can check them out. Uh, but I just thought that you'd like to know about that as we support um, something that is trying to make the Word of God accessible to the whole world. Uh, this is a video from a bunch of guys uh, in the U.S. called The so Bible, the Bible Project. That's awesome. That's right. It's super. That's so, that's so slick. Um, the Bible Project... These guys have done a phenomenal job in putting um, uh, videos together that explain bits of the Bible just in a very short, very simple, very graphic, fantastic way. The books of the Bible all have got summaries, 
Um, they've got some really, really complex words, complex themes that they try and unpack. They ask some really, really good, intelligent questions. The videos are really great, um, high quality. They're not very long. They've got a, a Bible reading app, which is fantastic. You can kind of go through it on a daily basis, watch a video, and then you can read a couple of bits of the Bible. The Bible Project, uh, I would uh, recommend these guys to you. This is a kind of summary of um, some of the work that they do and some of the stuff that they've got going. Why don't you watch that? So the Bible is one of the most influential books of all time, but what is it exactly? Yeah, some people treat the Bible like a divine behavior manual that dropped out of heaven. Others use it like a theology dictionary written to answer all of our questions about God. And others still think of it like a grab bag of spiritual one-liners and inspiring stories. But here's the thing. The Bible isn't written as a rule book or theology dictionary or even as a collection of inspirational writings. Then what is the Bible? Well, open up the Bible to page one and read the opening words. In the beginning. Now, turn to the last chapter of the Bible where you can read this. And they reigned forever and ever. Okay, so the Bible's telling a story from beginning to end. Yeah, it's one epic narrative about how God has appointed humanity as his partners to oversee this amazing world. It's about how we've ruined that partnership and how God is restoring us and our world through Jesus. Okay, one story, but there's a lot going on. Many plots, many characters, all written in many different books. But once you see how every book has a careful literary design, you won't get lost. And you can see how it fits into the overall storyline. There are also important repeated themes that weave through the entire biblical story. Yeah, like the covenants that God makes with people. Or the hope for a human who will confront evil. Or how God's justice will one day make all things right. And every theme culminates in the story of Jesus. There are also a lot of strange words in the Bible, words we don't use in normal language. But when we take time to understand them, we discover profound ideas that contribute to the overall biblical story. So it takes work to know how to read the different types of literature in the Bible. But once you do learn how, you'll discover that the Bible is a work of literary genius that can transform how you live and how you think about everything. So that's what the Bible Project is all about, to help people see the Bible as one unified story that leads to Jesus. We're a nonprofit animation studio that makes videos and resources. And it's all free to use because of a large group of generous people who've come together to contribute to this project. You can find everything that we're up to at thebibleproject.com. So that's just a, an example of the sort of videos that they put together. They're absolutely fantastic. Uh, have a look on their website. They've got a whole range of stuff. And then uh, you can also download their app and start to follow your Bible reading plan from uh, the 1st of January. Why don't you stand? And we're going to minister to one another. We can have the band back. <laughs> 